so you want your team walking in with like prepped like we've done this 14 times already let's go do it a 15th time and we've worked out the kinks right that's not the way ps works for everybody welcome to the big time podcast where we have honest conversations with industry professionals who have advice that's right for you Welcome to the first episode of the Big Time Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander. Today on our first episode, I'm joined by Brian Saunders, CEO and founder of Big Time Software. Welcome, hey. Brian. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited about it. Now, this is just our, our first episode. There's nine more that you get to look forward to in this first season of the Big Time Podcast. You'll be hearing from leaders from firms in professional service uh, firms across North America with teams of just 10 people to, to hundreds. And the goal of this podcast is to spark honest conversations around growth. Now, Brian, I want to start off asking you, though, why did you decide to, to start this podcast what was your purpose behind it yeah it's a good question you know uh we've been doing this for about 20 years and working with professional services firms across the spectrum you know engineers architects it services consultants people in security people in all sorts of different walks of life but all of them with a, one kind of common uh uh thread which is you know they need to build their time uh and and they're the most important asset is the people and they need to figure out how to get better yield out of the people that they're working with and so you know it's not just how do i make people better consultants it's also how do i convert that into valuable work for the for customers and so you know over the course of that 20 years or so uh what we see start to emerge are these patterns where successful firms, firms that grow, uh, you know, firms that continue to get bigger and bigger client accounts and kind of move up in their market, they all follow a similar set of patterns. And so we thought, all right, well, let's start to help people understand what those look like. And let's approach everybody where they're at. So if you're 10 users, life is gonna be different than if you're 100. And if you're you know, 100 consultants, life is gonna be different than if you're 200, right? And so, so the more we can kind of dig into where you're at, and what the next bend in that growth curve looks like, the more successful you'll be as an organization. And so we thought, all right, well, let's start with a podcast. I've been fascinated with hearing all these insights of these other episodes, which you're get to hear very soon. Awesome. And it's, 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 it's interesting to see the similarities, but also kind of some of the differences based off that size, as you described. Now, you've had an intimate experience yourself um, before yeah. Big Time. Can you help me understand like what, what led up to forming Big Time and the purpose of it? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so origin story, uh, you know, I grew up in the 90s doing product consulting before that was a thing, right? So, so we would have a, you know, we would come into a, a software company at the time, uh, or even a, you know, a Fortune 500 company who wants to produce software, and, and they would have a, you know, a market, and we would try to figure out how to get the software to fit and appeal to that market. Or, you know, late 90s, we would come in, boards would bring us in for startups, and they'd say, hey, look, we got a product, we thought it was this market, it doesn't fit, what do we need to shift in either one in order to get the two to work together? That's a thumbnail sketch of what we did at DaVinci back in the 90s. And the interesting piece of that puzzle is ignoring the work we did. Uh, the most interesting part of the experience for me was watching the firm grow. You know, we started with four or five people and, and we grew up to 10 and 20 and 50. And, and I think we exited at 80 or 90 consultants and, and uh, into an organization that has several hundred. And, um, you know, each of those steps along the way, all of the patterns we learned about how to grow that type of firm, we learned in the rear view mirror. We just learned, my partner used to say, we learned everything through brute experience, which sounds funny, but in reality, it's just really painful. And so one of the motivators behind starting big time was, it was really twofold. The first one was that, you know, as a product consultant, I got tired of 
of uh, having people, you know, follow steps one and two and skip three and four and expect that five would magically appear, right? So, so to some extent, I wanted to eat my own dog food, create a product, address a market, you know, that whole business. But, but, uh, but beyond that, I thought, all right, well, there's really nothing out there in early 2000s for people in the mid-market, kind of growing professional services firms. 10, 20, 50, 150 users, like that doesn't really exist or didn't exist as a product at the time. And so I really wanted to take some of these lessons learned and instill it into a, into a, a you know, a product that would, that would help other people avoid the mistakes that we made. Uh, and, and so that was kind of the motivation as we got into it. Suddenly, you know, the ability to get professional services firms into the cloud became paramount. You know, that uh, the, the PS firms change a lot more quickly as it relates to remote work. And, you know, the, everything we deliver is, is in a, you know, PDF or knowledge. We, we don't pallet anything. We have warehouses somewhere with all our stuff. Like it, it's basically, you know, knowledge that we're imparting and nothing else. And so it lends itself well to this kind of cloud-based infrastructure where you can keep track of all your client data and all your uh, interactions. And, and then more importantly, you can flip the lens and see how your individual consultants are doing and how to help them excel as well. Look forward to listening to Enrico Schaefer um, from Traverse Legal. He actually shared uh, how technology is, he really looks at using technology to, to propel him further. A lot of good conversations coming up. So that's just a, a taste of it. Yeah. There, right. There's, there's um, kind of uh, a couple main categories that we try to to cover, though, in each of the episodes. And, and this one, though, our kickoff, Brian, I'm going to ask you a few uh, thoughts of your lessons learned. There's, yeah. there's kind of a couple main themes, though staff hiring so how do you how do you find people how do you train them how do you bring on the right team right. project how do you manage it well and manage the team that are managing the projects right and then service how do you make sure you're providing a a, a good service that people want to keep coming back to handling maybe the the difficult clients that are uh require a lot or desire a lot and uh expect uh their expectations maybe out uh unbalanced and then brand how do you build a brand that lasts so those are the main yeah. categories and what's interesting uh, is you, you kind of have to think about those at every stage of growth, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, most as, you know, I'm throwing kind of these all over the place, but really we try to think about, and big time is structured this way internally, uh, not because it, it, uh, uh, changes markedly the metrics that we look at, but our team has to approach the companies that we address, our sales team, our marketing team, our support and success team. We have to approach the companies we, we, uh, service where they're at. You know, so so if you're a ten-person organization, you know, just struggling to deliver client work, we got to focus on that on that kind of project management piece of the triangle, right? Like, let's make sure that everything is repeatable. Let's make sure we don't walk into every new project with a new customer, and it's like you know, happy birthday that that Frosty the Snowman moment where he wakes up and doesn't realize, well, have I done this before? Right? So you want your team walking in with like prepped, like we've done this fourteen times already. Let's go do it a fifteenth time, and we've worked out the kinks, right? That's not the way. PS works for everybody. If you go back to your memory of uh, when you were running your firm, or I mean, the old man, but it's a, it might take us a minute. No. And you think about uh, to one of the things that as you grow is being able to have indicators when a project isn't going right. Any mm -hmm. lessons learned of maybe sometimes when it didn't work well and, and you got a, a, a realization of, okay, this is, we need to do this differently. Sure. Well, you know, a lot of it. So, so now we're down to, okay, look, 
there's two sides to the coin, right? A firm is a collection of staff. It's a collection of human beings who produce project work. And I will say, you know, uh, 20 years from now, when you look back at your successful consulting career and you've built a huge organization, you will likely not remember a lot of the gigs. You won't remember the clients. You won't remember the stuff you produce. You'll remember the people that you raised up in your firm and, and uh, you know, the people who helped you get get be more successful right you're going to remember those relationships so that side of the coin is super important <clears throat> but the side you're talking about is the one that produces money for us right like i in order to collect from a customer i need to deliver on time and on budget okay. right that's what i'm trying to get to and so you know if you go back to traditional project management that triangle that everybody talks about right i have i have budget features and and schedule right and it needs to kind of form this perfect balanced triangle and as soon as you drag schedule over here all right we'll either budget or scope has to give. And that's a conversation with a client, right? That's not you deciding arbitrarily. Now, you know, minor changes, we decide things, those things arbitrarily all the time, right? We just kind of take a, a, a minor shortcut in order to hit a number, right? Or maybe we work a little harder, right? Like, okay, so what we're actually doing is increasing the budget by forcing our people to work on Saturday in order to deliver on time, right? So, so we're owning that piece of the budget. The key to doing that successfully as a project manager, you can often rely on that type of heroic, but you can't do it all the time. Uh, Brian, you pack so much insight in a short amount of time. Folks may want to go back and re-listen to, to all the different pieces. Sorry. There. I just talk fast. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just pack it in. But one key piece that that kind of hit home based off of the other conversations that we've already been having within the other nine episodes is this, you slowly take a step back and you realize you need to start paying attention to the pipeline and seeing the metrics. And the metrics, there's similarities, but some are a little different depending on your firm. And I've been fascinated as I've been hearing, and you'll also hear, it's another plug for the upcoming episodes, of how people look, okay, some look at this particular metric and others look at, at this, and it's based on your firm, but that's what allows you to know, how, is it growing, is it not? And then you can jump back into the weeds if you need to. Yeah, and you know, that's the conversation. I, I spent a lot of time a fair amount of time talking with people who are leading businesses in my client base. And I don't talk with them like, how are you doing? I talk with them because we are trying to figure out why we're struggling with X, whatever X happens to be. All of our projects are you know, over budget, or we can't seem to get like a consistent uh, rhythm to this, or we're really struggling with figuring out the tail on projects. And then we end up pushing off new projects because we can't quite get people out of the old ones. Like, how do I know when to quit a client project? How does that work? And so th the questions that I have with them are driven by those metrics. Like, okay, so tell me about utilization. Where are you at? And, and you know, what, is, what does bench time look like? What do you have them doing? And, you know, okay, so tell me about the training. How long does it take you to get somebody new up and running? And, and what about intro to a new project? What's the timeline on that, right? So, so we start to talk through these metrics that exist in their customer uh, or in their uh, firm. Uh, mm -hmm. And that helps provide the insights that that I need to say, okay, I think here's what I think the pattern is for whatever the problem. Is. You know, now I might be wrong, you know, and, and frequently am. Uh, it's it's the, the curse of being old, but but um, but at least we point them in the right direction, right? Like where to look. And if I don't know the metrics, great. Well, okay, let's go measure that. Then like pick the projects. Let's figure it out. Let's figure out how much you're actually investing. Like what does that actually look like? Because maybe that's a normal tail. Maybe you should plan on five percent because that's not a big deal. And by the way, if you plan on five percent, you know the dirty little secret. Or, or maybe the, the the piece of gold that's somewhere in in your interviews is when you get to about 50, 60 consultants, 
close to 60 or 70% of your new business comes from existing clients, repeat business, right? And so if that's the case, then how are you mining for that new business while you're completing the existing project? What does that look like, right? How do you lead that, that client quickly to value so that they kick off the next project before you even finish this last one? Now the client's motivated to close out that last project because I got to get to the new piece of value, right? And so, so if I can put, marry those two effectively, and it's always a struggle, but if I can marry those effectively, I just solve my problem with more revenue, which is you know, it's, it's kind of a win-win. And so, so that type of conversation only comes from being far distance enough from the day to day that you can mm -hmm. afford to dig into the metrics like you know like a like a solid cfo would do uh, it's these strategies the tactics that allow you to realize uh oh wow there's an opportunity over here but it comes through conversations the conversations right. seem to be the the unlocking in in many ways and that's what we're hoping with the big time podcast through these conversations it can maybe unlock some new ideas new perspectives again there's there's four categories that we're covering of staff projects service and brand those are the four different types of areas of questions we dig into each one now everyone that we've interviewed you'll hear in the next nine episodes they're in different roles some are founders others are leaders of different departments Perfect. so not all of them actually answer all four of them but and that's it's like super important to realize that that big picture thinking that how do yeah. I help the firm grow? That is not only the owner thinking that way. You gotta get the whole organization thinking that way. Whether you're managing consulting or you're director level or you're the CEO of the organization. So I love that you're talking to different members within the leadership team of those organizations just to get a feel for how they're affecting that and how they're thinking about it. Brian, is there a kind of a closing thought here? Is there a, 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 a a word of wisdom or maybe a, a, a quote that you kind of takes you take with you and, and allows you to lead and, and, and motivate and that you could share something that comes to your mind um, that helps you in, in your in your direction and, and uh, would, would help other professionals. I don't know that I think about things that way. In other words, I, you know, I don't look at inspirational quote necessarily for business. And it, that, again, it's just because I'm old and jaded. I, you know, I, I probably should have it. But I do think that there's a there's a tendency to believe that as you move up in management, you get distant from the detail and your job is a like a spreadsheet and a number, right? And I think knowing when to deploy that tool versus knowing when to roll up your sleeves, you know, there's a difference between, you know, think about it, uh, you know, you're in the huddle in some football game and, and uh, you just got jackhammered and now you're back to call the next play and, and everybody comes back to the huddle and somebody says, you know, we should really work on our blocking because I feel like if we could up block better than, you know, a lot of these guys come over the top and maybe we should, shut up like we're in the battle like the, our, our gig is not to talk process right now our gig is to try to figure out how to get the next yard right talk process you know when we do the review after the after the game and so you know i think there's a there's a certain nuance there for for truly great leaders in this business and probably in any business to know when are you in the battle and when are you taking a step back and looking at how you fight, how, you know, how you win and, and getting better, you know, in practice. And it's funny because business is different than sports, right? Like sports, you have more practice than games and in business, you have more games and practice, right? But you need those moments where you can get together as an organization and say, okay, let's take a pause. I know we did a lot of great client work this, this quarter, but let's go back and look at the numbers that overarc that client work. And, and let's see if the numbers tell us anything about how we might be able to get better. Maybe it's training, maybe it's project management, maybe it's communicating the budget to the line staff better, right? Like it's somewhere in there is a little gold nugget in your data that tells you what's the key to the next yard. And that next yard is the key to, you know, eventually winning the game, right? It's, it's just one at a time. 
Brian, thank you for, for sharing your vision, both for this podcast, for your company and firm, and some of the insights that you've had over these years. My pleasure. I'm excited to, I'm excited to get into it and, and listen to what everybody has to say. So for those that want to, are ready, make sure you hit subscribe so you're ready to listen for all these upcoming episodes. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Big Time Podcast. For more info, go to podcasts.bigtime.net and be sure to subscribe to the Big Time Podcast to get notified when our next episode goes live.